Good morning. RBT reading live. And it's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. RBT reading live. It's a wee bit chilly this morning. A little bit chilly. In our house, it says 17 degrees, mine, so it's like, it's not a biggie. You know, I think it's going to get colder than that. <coughs> but I did wake before my alarm um, because it was a little bit cold. It's 18 degrees in the church room. That's probably because there was a lot of bodies in there last night, wasn't it? Because it was members meeting. And it was great. Um, morning, Clay. Elder Clay. <laughs> uh, morning, Katie Dobo. Oi, oi. Oh, man. Wasn't that chicken and chorizo amazing yesterday? Four degrees outside, is it? Gosh. I don't know what my phone says. It's on the stand. Four degrees. It is cold then, isn't it? Yeah. I did uh, I did just uh, put the heating on before I went out. Just because when I go back, I want it to be a little bit warm. Also, I want to dry my towel. It's been like not completely dry the last couple of mornings and it's, I don't know, it's not the nicest. It's not the worst thing, is it? That can happen. But, I don't know, a bit of a wimp maybe. Good morning, Sue. It's seven o'clock, everyone. Judges one to four. After the death of Joshua, the Israelites asked the Lord, who will be the first to go up and fight for us against the Canaanites? The Lord answered, Judah is to go. I have given the land into their hands. Then the men of Judah said to the Simeonites, their brothers, come up with us into the territory allotted to us to fight against the Canaanites. We in turn will go with you into yours. So the Simeonites went with them. When Judah attacked, the Lord gave the Canaanites and Perizzites into their hands, and they struck down 10,000 men at Bezek. It was there that they found Adonai Bezek and fought against him, put into rout the Canaanites and Perizzites. Adonai Bezek fled, but they chased him and caught him and cut off his thumbs and big toes. Then Adonai Bezek said, Seventy kings with their thumbs and big toes cut off have picked up scraps under my table. Now God has paid me back for what I did to them. They fought him, oh sorry, they brought him to Jerusalem and he died there. The men of Judah attacked Jerusalem also and took it. They put the city to the sword and set it on fire. After that, the men of Judah went down to fight against the Canaanites living in the hill country, the Negev and the western foothills. They advanced against the Canaanites living in Hebron, form formerly called Kiriath Arba, and defeated Sheshai, Ahiman, and Talmai. From there, they advanced against the people living in Debir, formerly called Kiriath Sefer, and Caleb said, I will give my daughter Aksar in marriage to the man who attacks and captures Kiriath Sefer. 
Othniel, son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother, took it. So Caleb gave his daughter Aksa to him in marriage. One day when she came to Othniel, she urged him to ask her father for a field. When she got off her donkey, Caleb asked her, What can I do for you? She replied, Do me a special favor, since you have given me land in the Negev. Give me also springs of water. Then Caleb gave her the upper and lower springs. The descendants of Moses' father-in-law, the Kenite, went up from the city of Palms with the men of Judah to live among the people of the desert of Judah in the Negev near Arad. Then the men of Judah went with the Simeonites, their brothers, and attacked the Canaanites living in Zephath, and they totally destroyed the city. Therefore it was called Homer. The men of Judah also took Gaza, Eshkelon, and Ekron, each city with its territory. The Lord was with the men of Judah. They took possession of the hill country, but they were unable to drive the people from the plains because they had iron chariots. As Moses had promised, Hebron was given to Caleb, who drove from it the three sons of Anak. The Benjamites, however, failed to dislodge the Jebusites who were living in Jerusalem. To this day, the Jebusites live there with the Benjamites. Now the house of Joseph attacked Bethel, and the Lord was with them. When they sent men to spy out Bethel, formerly called Luz, the spies saw a man coming out of the city, and they said to him, Show us how to get into the city, and we will see that you are treated well. So he showed them, and they put the city to the sword, but spared the man and his whole family. He then went to the land of the Hittites, where he built a city and called it Luz, which is its name to this day. But Manasseh did not drive out the people of Bethshan, or Tanakh, or Dor, or Iblium, or Megiddo, and their surrounding settlements, for the Canaanites were determined to live in that land. When Israel became strong, they pressed the Canaanites into forced labor, but never drove them out completely. Nor did Ephraim drive out the Canaanites living in Giza, but the Canaanites continued to live there among them. Neither did Zebulun drive out the Canaanites living in Kitron or Nahalol, who remained among them, but they did subject them to forced labor. Nor did Asher drive out those living in Acho or Sidon or Ahlab or Akzib or Helba or Aphek or Rehob. And because of this, the people of Asher lived among the Canaanites, inhabitants of the land. Neither did Naphtali drive out those living in Beth Shemesh or Beth Anath, but the Naphtalites too lived among the Canaanite inhabitants of the land, and those living in Beth Shemesh and Beth Anath became forced laborers for them. The Amorites confined the Danites to the hill country, not allowing them to come down into the plain, and the Amorites were determined also to hold out in Mount Heres, Ajalon, and Shalbim. But when the power of the house of Joseph increased, they too pressed into, were pressed into forced labor. The boundary of the Amorites was from Scorpion past the cellar and beyond. The angel of the Lord went up from Gilgal to Bochim and said, I brought you up out of Egypt and led you into the land that I swore to your forefathers. I said, I will never break my covenant with you, and you shall not make a covenant with the people of this land, but you shall break down their altars. Yet you have disobeyed me. Why have you done this? Now therefore I tell you that I will not drive them out before you. They will be thorns in your sides, and their gods will be a snare to you. When the angel of the Lord had spoken these things to all the Israelites, the people wept aloud, and they called that place Bochim. There they offered sacrifices to the Lord. After Joshua dismissed the Israelites, they went to take possession of the land, each to his own inheritance. The people served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and of the elders who outlived him, 
and who had seen all the great things the Lord had done for Israel. Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110, and they buried him in the land of his inheritance at Timnath Heres in the hill country of Ephraim, north of Mount Gash. After that whole generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. Then the Israelites did the evil in the eyes of the Lord and served the Baals. They forsook the Lord, the God of their fathers, who had brought them out of Egypt. They followed and worshipped various gods of the peoples around them. They provoked the Lord to anger because they forsook him and served Baal and Ashtoreths. In his anger against Israel, the Lord handed, him, handed them over to raiders who plundered them. He sold them to their enemies all around, whom they were no longer able to resist. Whenever Israel went out to fight, the hand of the Lord was against them to defeat them. Just as he had sworn to them, they were in great distress. Then the Lord raised up judges, who saved them out of the hands of these raiders. Yet they would not listen to their judges, but prostituted themselves to other gods and worshipped them. Unlike their fathers, they quickly turned from the way in which their fathers had walked, the way of obedience to the Lord's commands. Whenever the Lord raised up a judge for them, he was with the judge and saved them out of the hands of their enemies as long as the judge lived. For the Lord had compassion on them as they groaned under those who oppressed and afflicted them. But when the judge died, the people returned to ways even more corrupt than those of their fathers, following other gods and serving and worshipping them. They refused to give up their evil practices and stubborn ways. Therefore the Lord was very angry with Israel and said, Because this nation has violated the covenant that I laid down for their forefathers and has not listened to me, I will no longer drive out before them any of the nations Joshua left when he died. I will use them to test Israel and see whether they will keep the way of the Lord and walk in it as their forefathers did. The Lord had allowed those nations to remain. He did not drive them out at once by giving them into the hands of Joshua. These are the nations the Lord left to test those Israelites who had not experienced any of the wars in Canaan. He did this only to teach warfare to the descendants of the Israelites who had not had previous battle experience. The five rulers of the Philistines, all the Canaanites, the Sidonians and the Hivites, living in the land of Lebanon mountains from Mount Baal to Hermon to Labo Hamath. They were left to test the Israelites to see whether they would obey the Lord's commands which he had given their forefathers through Moses. The Israelites lived among the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites and Jebusites. They took their daughters in marriage and gave their daughters to their sons and served their gods. The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. They forgot the Lord their God and served the Baals and the Asherahs. The anger of the Lord burned against Israel so that he sold them into the hands of Cushan Rishtheim, king of Aram Naharaim, to whom the Israelites were subject for eight years. But when they cried out to the Lord, he raised up for them a deliverer, Othniel, son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother, who saved them. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him so that he became Israel's judge and went to war. The Lord gave Cushan Rathaim, king of Aram, into the hands of Othniel, who overpowered him. So the land had peace for 40 years until Othniel, son of Kenaz, died. Once again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. Because they did this evil, the Lord gave Eglon, king of Moab, power over Israel, getting the Ammonites and Amalekites to join him. Eglon came and attacked Israel, and they took possession of the city of Palms. The Israelites were subject to Eglon, king of Moab, for 18 years. Again, the Israelites cried out to the Lord, and he gave them a deliverer, Ehud, a left-handed man, the son of Gera the Benjamite. The Israelites sent him with tribute to Eglon, king of Moab. Now Ehud had made a double-edged sword 
about a foot and a half long, which he strapped to his right thigh under his clothing. He presented the tribute to Eglon, king of Moab, who was a very fat man. After Ehud had presented the tribute, he sent on their way the men who had carried it at the idols near Gilgal. He himself turned back and said, I have a secret message for you, O king. The king said, Quiet. All his attendants left him. Ehud then approached him while he was sitting alone in the upper room of the summer palace and said, I have a message from God for you. As the king rose from his seat, <coughs> Ehud reached with his left hand, drew the sword from his right thigh and plunged it into the king's belly. Even the handle sank in after the blade which came out of his back. Ehud did not pull the sword out and the fat closed in over it. Then Ehud went out to the port. He shut the doors of the upper room behind him and locked them. <clears throat> after he had gone, the servants came and found the doors of the upper room locked. They said he must be relieving himself in the inner room of the house. They waited to the point of embarrassment, but when he did not open the doors of the room, they took a key and unlocked them. There they saw the, their lord fall into the floor dead. While they waited, Ehud got away. He passed by the idols and escaped to Sarah. When he arrived there, he blew a trumpet in the hill country of Ephraim, and the Israelites went down with him from the hills, with him leading them. Follow me, he ordered, for the Lord has given Moab, your enemy, into your hands. So they followed him down, and taking possession of the fords of the Jordan that led to Moab, they allowed no one to cross over. At that time they struck down about 10,000 Moabites, all vigorous and strong, not a man escaped. That day Moab was made subject to Israel, and the land had peace for 80, 80 years. After Ehud came Shamgar, son of Anath, who struck down 600 Philistines with an ox goad. He too saved Israel. After Ehud died, the Israelites once again did evil in the eyes of the Lord. So the Lord sold them into the hands of Jabin, the king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazor. The commander of the army was Sisera, who lived in Hasareth, Hagayim. Because he had 900 iron chariots and had cruelly oppressed the Israelites for 20 years, they cried to the Lord for help. Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lapidoth, was leading Israel at the time. She held court under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel and the hill country of Ephraim. And the Israelites came to her to have their disputes decided. She sent for Barak, son of Abinoam, from Kadesh and Naphtali, and said to him, The Lord, the God of Israel, commands you, Go take with you ten thousand men of Naphtali and Zebulun, and lead the way to Mount Tabor. I will lure Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his troops to, Kish to the Kishon River, and give him into your hands. Barak said to her, If you go with me, I will go, but if you don't go with me, I'm not going. Very well, Deborah said, I will go with you, but because the way you are going about this, the honour will not be yours, for the Lord will hand Sisera over to a woman. So Deborah went with Barak to Kadesh, where he summoned Zebulun and Naphtali. Ten thousand men followed him, and Deborah also went with him. Now Heber the Kenite, Kenite had left the other Kenites, the descendants of Hobab, Moses' brother-in-law, and pitched his tent by the great tree in Zananim near Kadesh. When they told Sisera about Barak, son of Abinoam, had gone, when they told Sisera that Barak, son of Abinoam, had gone up to Mount Tabor, Sisera gathered his nine hundred iron chariots and all the men with him from Harasheth Hegaim to the Kishon River. Then Deborah said to Barak, Go, this is the day the Lord has given Sisera into your hands. Has not the Lord gone ahead of you? So Barak went down Mount Tabor, followed by 10,000 men. At Barak's advance, the Lord routed Sisera and all his chariots and the army by the sword, and Sisera abandoned his chariot and fled on foot. 
But Barak pursued the chariots and army as far as Harasheth Hagim. All the troops of Sisera fell by the sword, not a man was left. Sisera, however, fled on foot to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heba the Kenite, because they were friendly relations between Jabin, king of Hazor, and the clan of Heba the Kenite. Jael went out to meet Sisera and said to him, Come, my lord, come right in, don't be afraid. So he entered her tent, and she put a covering over him. I'm thirsty, he said, please give me some water. She opened a skin of milk, gave him a drink, and covered him up. Stand in the doorway of the tent, he told her. If someone comes by and asks you, is anyone here, say no. But J.L. Haber's wife picked up a tent peg and a hammer and went quietly to him while he lay fast asleep. Exhausted, she drove the peg through the temple to the gr- through his temple into the ground and he died. Barak came by in pursuit of Sisera and J.L. went out to meet him. Come, she said, I will show you the man you're looking for. So he went in with her and there lay Sisera with a tent peg through this temple dead. On that day God subdued Jabin the Canaanite king before the Israelites. And the hand of the Israelites grew stronger and stronger against Jabin, the Canaanite king, until they destroyed him. Awesome. There we are. That's a reading for this morning. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that's nice, isn't it? That you can, you can see this, that um, they are totally subject uh, to their enemies. They are they're handed over to their enemies and they have complete power over them. They cry out and a deliverer is raised up. And it is just totally flipped, isn't it? that they actually then totally dominate their enemies. They rout them, uh, they get rid of them, um, yeah, and they're immovable in that, in that time. Um, all for that experience, isn't it, with our sin, <laughs> that we're not ruled by it, but we master it. We rule over it instead because we have a deliverer, Jesus, who um, has defeated the power of sin, isn't it? Um, and gives us a spirit. Have a great day today. God bless you. It's Tuesday. God willing, I'll see you again uh, tomorrow morning. But have a great day today. Goodbye.